This year, my word of the year was victory. Now, nearly 12 months ago, when God laid that word on my heart, I had thoughts of how 2022 was going to work out. Let me tell you something. 2022 has been the most unplanned year of my life. And this is coming from the founder of the Unplanned Mom School. So cue starting a business, relationship changes, health issues, you know, just within my family, myself, the sickness, the list can go on and on. Can anyone else relate? So I know, though, deep down inside that everything's going to work out because God has my story. This is why I'm so excited to share this podcast episode with you. I sat down with podcast host Kiana Mitchell of Finding God. First, I was her guest on her show. And then as soon as we were done recording, I said, you need to come on the Unplanned Mom School podcast. And so she did. Kiana is a relationship coach, a podcaster who helps women work on their self-esteem and overcome their limiting beliefs so that they can have the relationship that they desire. In addition to being a relationship coach and podcaster, Kiana is also a singer, a songwriter who has a master's degree in counseling psychology. So I love listening to her podcast because we all have stories about how we found God and what God tells us. And really the most important underlying factor here is that we all have a relationship with God and that's what God wants us to have with him. So that being said, his relationship is different from, you know, from each other by design because we're all uniquely made. So what better time than now than to release this episode as Christmas approaches. So if you are looking for some ideas on how you can find God or dust off old thoughts and find out just how much you are loved and cherished by our creator, then I invite you to take a listen. If you love unplanned moments and just really trying to find the majesty in our day-to-day lives, then be sure to follow along um, with the Unplanned Mom School on TikTok. So Merry Christmas, friends. Do you want to live a beautiful life that reflects the truth of who you are? Be bold and courageous as you step into your heartfelt desires. How does trusting yourself fully and connecting with your soul's purpose sound? The Unplanned Mom podcast is a potent mix of real life stories, practical spiritual teachings, and a community to help guide you for eternity. This is the place for inspiration with down to earth tools to help you pivot and continue to live your best life beyond your wildest dreams. Here we honor your deepest authentic truth, embrace motherhood, talk all things money, mindset, and most importantly, miracles. So are you ready to say yes to all of this? If so, then let's dive in. I'm your host, Ashley Bush, and I have been praying for you and I cannot wait to get to know you better. Let's go. Hello, Kiana. How are you? I am doing great, Ashley. How are you? I'm doing good. It's so good to see you. I'm so happy that you were able to join us today and come share and talk over here at the Unplanned Mom School. So I'm just curious, where are you? To remind me, where are you at here? <laughs> I am in Madison, Alabama, and I have to say the weather is not the greatest. Like usually it gets cold like at the end of October. It's cold now, so yeah. <laughs> I'm not a fan. It's like it was too hot. Now it's cold. I was like, can I just get something in the middle? Can I just get yeah. warm weather? Yeah. <laughs> You're not ready for the, yeah, it just seems like the t- weather's go like from one extreme to the next. Yeah, I just need Anymore. a middle ground. That's all I need. It's a middle yeah. ground. 
Yeah, I totally get it. Well, I know you and I met, we're kind of in this podcasting circle now, and I'm just super excited to bring you on because you're just doing incredible things. And just in terms of like working with people in their relationships, and we're going to dive into all of that. And then I know you've got your other podcast, um, God, what is, oh my gosh, I'm totally drawing a blank on the name of your other podcast. Finding Remind me, God. Finding God. God. I knew it was God, but finding God, it's just, it's awesome. I want to give a plug for that right here at the very beginning, because I just think it's incredible for anybody that's listening and, and maybe just, you know, unsure about where they fall into that place and getting deepening, further deepening the relationship with God. So it's, it's a great, it's a great podcast that you have. Thank you. Yeah, no problem. Well, we're going to just dive in. We're going to talk, you know, just I'm I'm really curious to know about your pregnancy journey. Tell us how many kids you have. We'll just start there. Like, you know, where how many kids do you have and were your kids were you planning for them or were they a complete surprise? Okay, so I have three <laughs> daughters. They are 16, 15, and 13. Um I did not well, I planned for them in the future, I didn't plan for them when they actually came. My husband and I were quite surprised because we had just gotten married. And then I was like pregnant. And then a year later, I was pregnant with another kid. Like my older two children are born like February 13th, February 17th, 2006, 2007. So it was like when they were born, it's almost like I had twins because mm-hmm. my oldest couldn't walk yet. The other one couldn't walk because she was just born. So it's just like, twins kind of but not exactly yeah and then my youngest I knew I wanted another kid before I was 30 but then again she wasn't planned but she was the most planned and expected out of the other two (laughs) so So your first two are they less they're about a year apart then yeah a year and four days okay well you got me beat I mean I have two that are 15 months apart and it it is tough it's hard (laughs) It is not twins, but it's, yes, it's, I oh, yeah, it's hard because they're just at little different stages and require a lot. They so, do. yeah. So tell us, so, okay. So you had the two little kids. I know you specialize in working in relationships. How did motherhood having the kids, how did this impact your, your relationship? If you don't mind sharing with us. Yeah. Well, it made it difficult because it's like, we just got married. He had two kids from before. So then we had some more kids. So just not enough time to do anything together. Money was always tight. Cause at the end, you know, by the time we finished, we had like five kids. And mm-hmm. so it's, even if you're both working, it's difficult because there are five kids. Yeah. So money was tight. And I think that was a lot of stress on the relationship. Now, mm-hmm. I am thankful we had the kids when we did because I couldn't see myself older having children. That mm-hmm. may not have been the best thing. So I'm glad I had them when I was younger. But yeah. it did cause some problems and some stress and some financial issues. Yeah. So what would you tell young couples or couples in a similar spot right now? I mean, the economy, money is tight for a lot of us right now. I mean, we're all Mm -hmm. feeling that strain. What would you tell those couples? Like, how do you, what what would you say to like help them get through that tough spot? You know, trying to manage parenting and then a household of kids. (laughs) How does the relationship stay strong? Oh, I'm sorry. (laughs) Oh, no, you're good. I'll just tell them to Fine, you know, organize yourself because I wasn't organized. But I think if you organize and prioritize time for your spouse and then you have time that you spend with the kids and maybe some things you do together as a family, I think it can work. And I know it sounds like how would it work because everything's so busy, but it takes planning. It takes making things a priority. And I think Mm -hmm. when you organize your time and you plan what you're going to do, then you make it happen. Yeah. 
So how do you, I'm, I'm always curious when people talk about organizing because sometimes I think I'm really on top of things and then I listen to other people and they're like way more organized than I am. I mean, like these people have their drawers organized, the pantries organized, everything has a certain place. So when you're planning and organizing, what does that look like to you? Is it on a calendar? Is it like a family meeting? What, what does that look like for your family? Well, for me, it's just on a calendar because my husband okay. hates to plan. He hates to organize. And I'm the person <laughs> with like three, four calendars, one for each business I'm trying to do, one for my nine to five, one for my personal life. So I have tons of calendars. Okay. And so every week I write down what I need to do for the week. Yeah. And then even when it comes to budgeting things, what we need to pay this week. And then mm-hmm. I just mark it off the list as soon as I finish those tasks. And I make sure that... I assign days or it has to be done by this day because if I write it down and don't give myself a deadline, it's just not going to happen. So I give myself a deadline and then I have certain days I do different things on. And if I have time sitting in the car waiting for the kids in car line and whatever I'm doing, any free time, I work on it. Because after six o'clock, unless I'm practicing training, I'm pretty much done with all the work. It's just time to spend with the kids, you know, mm-hmm. spend time with my husband and stuff like that. So I try to get everything done between eight in the morning and like four in the afternoon. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. So, okay. You write it down. I'm, I'm, I like to do that too. I say it's old school writing things down. Mm-hmm. I have the, I have the paper planner. I have the notebook. I, mean, I do all those things. And I, I also have, I have a, like have the electronic calendar too. So are you the same way you got the electronic calendar, you put it all on your phone or whatever you put everything, you do write it all down. I have to write it all down because the yeah. phone for me is too easy. Like, it, I have a, I used to put it in my phone, had alarm set. But the thing is, like, I could easily just mute the alarm, snooze it, not do it. When I write it down, I know the only way for me to get it off my list of things to do is to cross it off. And the only way I can cross it off is if I actually do what I need to do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that makes me do it. Now, some things I can put on my calendar, like yeah. making my kids appointments. But I think the thing that helps out with that is they nag me. So they <laughs> nag me to do it. It's on my calendar. I'm just like, I just got to do it because I want to hear them ask me, mom, did you do it? And I'm like, no. So yeah, yeah, yeah. that's a great motivator, peer pressure. Yeah. So that's a one way to be motivated. I have another question just about that. So what do you do when you don't feel motivated, when you don't want to do something? I mean, I think that's something too we all struggle with. And it's, but you know, I just was listening to Joyce Meyer the other day and I don't know if anybody listens and follows along with her, but, and I'm trying to practice it this week, but she, she was on her, one of the shows she was talking about when we don't feel like it at wake up and ask for the Holy spirit to just guide you. Because when you're walking by and like the dishes need to be done or maybe it's paying the bills, you're going to know, like you're going to have that little voice in your head. Like you need to do the dishes, <laughs> like you need to wash the dishes. So I'm just curious, like, what do you do? Like when you're in that space and maybe you're just, you've got a lot going on maybe with work or personal life, but you know that you've got your list, things have to get done for the week. How do you like mentally get your mind right to just do what has to absolutely be done? I mean, we all, yeah, well, sorry. Well, no, you're good. What I do is I just tell myself, I'm like, Kiana, listen, it has to get done. And if you don't do it now, you're going to have to do it later. And I hate to do any kind. I have one day that I set aside where I don't do anything and that's Saturday. And Mm -hmm. so what I do is I'm like, okay, so if you don't get it done today, you're going to have to do it on your one day where you're not doing anything, you know, your rest day, like, and you don't want to do it then. So just do it now. And sometimes I do things so immediately that, so that I don't even have a chance to think about, I don't want to do it. Cause I know if I give myself time to think about it, 
mm-hmm. then, you know, there's some objection there. But if I just say, oh, I need to wash the dishes, and then I go do it. But then I also make it fun because I listen to, like, music or mm-hmm. a podcast with my um, wireless headphones. And it's fun because my kids are usually making noise. I'm in the kitchen, and I'm cleaning <laughs> up. So that's, like, my me time. <laughs> I kind yeah. of made it my me time where I'm listening yeah. to something I like to listen to. And then I can clean up, or if I'm listening to music, I will clean everything. So I put the, I do, I listen to things I enjoy, and yeah. I do the task because then it takes away the drudgery of it and it makes it kind of fun. And it's not yes. like I have to do it. It's like, oh, they're making noise. I listen to my podcast, and I yeah. just choose to go in the kitchen. <laughs> yeah, no, I love that. I yeah, my my kids are. I put on music. Music is like a huge motivator to me. I'm so mm-hmm. I'm so glad you mentioned that because. That's what will usually kind of like push me over the hump whenever I'm like, oh, I don't want to do whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And I'll put on music and I can typically do knock out what needs to be done. Yeah. <laughs> Something about so. music. It works for me too. And it's like, even if I don't want to do it at first, music, I'm just like, oh, and then I'll start doing extra stuff. I just want to keep listening to it. Yeah. Yes. So. <laughs> yes. Yeah. No, that's great. I mean, and I think all, yeah, again, all of us are just always trying to find just little ways and little shortcuts, but oftentimes it's the, it's the simplest things that we can do to really, yeah, make a big difference. So, so very, very cool. So this is kind of a bigger, broader question, but again, you know, looking at motherhood, you've got the, with all the five, the five kids in the house going in and out, how, what, how do you think that made you grow and change? And like, you know, did you ever mourn like, pre-Kiana when you didn't have kids or how did you kind of like move into motherhood and like what what's like the biggest way that you changed like would you say well for me I changed because I started thinking about other people like I didn't Mm. get married until I was 26 and didn't have my first kids I was 27 so I was kind of ready for it because that's close to 30 and (laughs) when is this (laughs) ever going to happen so you know I was kind of ready for it at that point but I didn't anticipate how once you have kids everything changes. Like it's no longer about you. It's about them. And like my kids are born so close to my birthday until it's almost like I didn't celebrate it for a while because like my birthday is February 3rd. My daughter's is February 13th and 17th. So Mm -hmm. it was was too close. And so I just had to realize, okay, there are other people, people who need you, kids. And I think it helped me grow because before I had kids, I wasn't like a huggy kind of person. You know, mm-hmm. I remember my mom trying to hug me. I'm like, stop, like, <laughs> go away. Like, it's not fun. <laughs> but once I had kids, you know, they were like kids who needed hugs and kids who needed affection. And even yeah. though I didn't like all of that, they needed it. And I knew if they didn't have it, they were going to grow up and they were going to have some problems. So mm-hmm. I kind of had to grow in that area. Like, okay, it's not my favorite thing to do, but if this is what they need to be healthy, in a more, mm-hmm. you know, healthily, healthy adult, then let me give the kids a hug or let me compliment them. Let me do, you know, say nice things. Let me not, you know, it helped mm-hmm. me grow. And I think it made me a better person because of it, because I think I was a fun person, you know, I was a good person, fun, yeah. but it made me care more about other people. Yeah. That's beautiful. And yeah, I, yeah, I mean, definitely you, you change. I mean, the minute you find mm-hmm. out you're having kids and throw them in the mix. I mean, yeah, you're just, you're, you're loving at a whole different level. I mean, absolutely. Yeah. It changes yeah. everything. It totally judge. It does. And then so, so often, I mean, a lot of times we can find ourselves loving so much that we forget to love ourselves. Mm-hmm. So did you fall into that? Did you kind of lose touch of, with Kiana throughout that process? I did. Like when they were really younger, I even stopped wearing heels. I was wearing like terrible looking clothes. Cause I was just like, 
well, you know, if they throw up on me, it won't really matter. And I don't want to wear heels because what if I fall and I'm carrying them and they get hurt? You know, it was like that. But once, I think when they were, um, my youngest was five, I was like, hmm. I didn't really like who I was at that point because I was someone I didn't even recognize. And I wasn't where I wanted to be because at the time I was working at a preschool, I had a bachelor's degree, but I didn't have a master's. And I saw people going in and at the time we were struggling financially. And these people, their kids were going to like this great daycare that I couldn't even afford to put my kids in. And so I was like, you know, my kids deserve to have a parent who's a professional. They deserve to have a parent who can do this and can do that. And so that's what motivated me to go back and get a master's degree. And then once I did that, I started getting better jobs and things got better. But um, during that time, I also realized that I had gained a lot of weight. I did not mm-hmm. like that. And I wanted to get back to the size that I was and like feel good about myself. So I lost some weight, started to wear heels again. But it took me until my youngest was five years old <laughs> to figure yeah. out and kind of get back to where I wanted to be. Yeah. Yeah, I I know. I mean, I'm I'm in that same boat. I mean, I've put on weight just going through stuff and I'm like just mm-hmm. trying to find that balance again because it's so easy when we're in mom mode and taking care of everybody else that we just kind of we easily can fall by the wayside. So, Absolutely. and I love that. I yeah, I love that you recognize that and then I love that you knew that you wanted something more for your children and went and got your master's degree and kids could go to a different school and it's just, it's very inspirational. I didn't know if we would kind of morph into the money thing. Cause I, you know, money is something that is very important to all of us. And yeah, and it's something that I know I'm working through and I, just for myself on a personal level, just feeling like, okay, with the give receive and, and trying to find that balance of wanting things like, is it in alignment with really who I am and how God wants me to be? And if you know, I've always grew up, I, I felt bad wanting more. Yeah. I think, and you I know. think people make us feel bad because it's like if you grew up in like a kind of Christian environment or home, you're mm-hmm. always it's always seemed like the people who are poor and struggling and begging God for the next meal are like the holiest. <laughs> it's just like, well, yeah. you know, they trust God and they do this. And it took me a while to kind of come out of that mindset. I'm just like, yeah, but there are people in the Bible who had money. There were people in the Bible yes. who had things. And I think we get confused because it's not that money is bad. Money is not bad. Yeah. I think the thing that can make it take a turn is if we love money more than God. But Ooh, if yes. you love God, he's first and foremost in your life. Having money is not going to be a problem. It's just when you make money, you're God. And I think yes. no one really explained that to us. So we all kind of grew up with like, well, we have money or we ask God for more than enough stuff. They were being selfish and it's not yeah. healthy. But I think God wants us to have exceedingly abundantly more than we can ever think. So yeah. it's okay to ask for these things and also trust the judgment. Like I can, if I ask God for like $20 million and he's like, mm, Keanu, probably, I can give her, <laughs> you know, I can give her some right. money. I can give her right. a lot. Right. Maybe 20 million might be too much for her. But I mean, if he said that God has, he has common sense. He knows us. He knows what we need. So yeah. we can ask God for more than enough. We can ask him for things we dreamed about. Want, imagine. And yes. trust God to give us what we what he wants us to have. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I don't think God is going to just give us stuff like what they asked for and let's see what happens. Yeah. He already knows. So he will give you, I believe, what you asked for. And there are yeah. so many stories in the Bible where people ask for more than enough. Yeah. And God gave it to them. So I know. At first I wasn't, but now I'm a strong believer that when we pray, we should ask God for more than enough, ask him for favor and mercy and all this stuff. And Mm -hmm. then make sure that while you're asking him for that, 
trust that he's going to give it to you and focus spending your time getting to know him. Because if he's already going to give us what we asked for, we don't have to worry about trying to get it. We can mm-hmm. spend our time focusing on God. Yeah. I want you to like, keep talking. That's so good. <laughs> <laughs> so, so good. And that's something I've really just learned. I mean, really recently, just as my Thank relationship you. with God has grown and changed that. Yeah. Yes. That's all. Yeah. Very true. And I, yeah. Learning more about the Bible myself and Yes. I mean, God will, he's going to provide and it's okay. And he wants us to be abundant. So mm-hmm. yeah, you, you sum that up so perfectly. <laughs> I had lots of time to think about it because I know when I was a kid, like I said, it was all about, well, you can't ask for a lot of money or you shouldn't ask God for more than enough. Just ask him enough for today. And I'm just like, well, what if I need something again tomorrow? Like, why do I have to keep going through the same begging yeah. process of, Oh, thanks for giving it to me yesterday. Now, could you please give it to me again today? Why can't I just say, God, for the week, I need this amount. <laughs> please help. <laughs> like, right. why can't I just do that? And then throughout the rest of the week, I can spend that time getting to know him more, asking him questions that I, about himself, things I didn't know. Like, yeah. I just think if we just ask God, hey, can I have abundantly what I need? Can I have more than enough? Then we don't mm-hmm. have to ask him, beg for it every day. We can ask about mm-hmm. something else because- we already asked them. We believe he's going to answer it. Okay, move on to the next thing because he got it. Right, right. <laughs> that's just yeah, easier. Yeah, yeah. That yes, yes, right, yes, yes. That's <laughs> all I can say. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, uh, so I'm gonna I'm gonna ask your famous question on one of your on your podcast. So I mean, tell us about your childhood. You know, you're kind of talking about it just in terms of how you used to pray and your expectations back then. What was your childhood like? Okay, well, I think my childhood was. Good and confusing. I say it was good because I had a mom that loved me, a good support system with aunts and everything. But I did have a dad who walked out and we lost our house and we lost a lot of stuff. So mm-hmm. that made me question God a lot because I'm just like, well, why would you do that? And I think I was more upset that I lost my stuff. I was also hurt, I think, that my dad left me because that was a big thing for a kid who's just 10 years old. Yeah. And I was upset that we lost everything. I'm like, okay, well, why didn't he just leave and we kept our stuff? Or, you know, like, why do we have to have both things happen? So I was right. very frustrated about that. And they also, like, frustrated me when I was a kid that sometimes we didn't have enough to pay bills. And my mom would pay tithes. And she'd be like, well, God's going to give us more. And sometimes it worked out. And then sometimes we didn't have electricity, Or sometimes we didn't, you know, mm-hmm. we're struggling for rent. And I would be mm-hmm. so frustrated about that. I was just like, well, mom, doesn't God understand what's happening? Like, why is he telling you to give all the money to church and not pay rent or not pay whatever. I'm like, can he just bless you anyway? Why do you have to always prove that you're worthy of a blessing or for him to do something? So mm-hmm. I had a lot of frustration when it came to God. And I just felt like I needed to be in control of things. Because my thinking was, well, if God can't figure it out, and if he didn't do, you know, if he's not doing this, then I got to be in control. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, I got to make sure I'm good. So I went through life like that until I got to be, I think like 18 and then okay. that sounds like, you know what? I was like, okay, so maybe I need to rethink some things. And so then I did accept God, but at the time it was based on rules and all the stuff I had been brought up doing and stuff. Mm-hmm. And the crazy thing is like, even though I didn't necessarily agree with it, I just thought this is what we had to do to go to heaven. Right. So even when I had kids, I was teaching them the same rules and regulations. And then one day the thing that made me think is my daughter. I was telling her about God or something. Mm-hmm. And she's like, mom, that sounds really petty. I don't think I like God. I was like, why? She's like, because he sounds petty and me. Like, 
why would he make you do this just because you didn't think he was God? She's like, that's just ridiculous. I don't know why he would do that. That just sounds mean. And when uh-huh. she said that, I was first I was horrified. Like, why would you say that? And I was like, oh, well, this is what I'm telling her God is. And this is what I'm telling her he does. And it does sound petty, you know, once you start thinking about it. So that helped me start my whole um, thinking about things differently. And mm-hmm. even though I still continue to go to church and still continue to, you know, go abide by that religion or whatever, things, you know, I was starting to think and things were changing. It was different. I, di- I wasn't feeling it. I just went. Mm-hmm. And then the thing that helped me was the pandemic because then we mm-hmm. couldn't go to church. And so during that mm-hmm. time, I tell people I had a chance to detox, I had a chance to stop all the stuff that everyone told me I had to do because I felt closer to God when I was like in the kitchen cleaning up mm. or cleaning up around the house or even like waking mm-hmm. up in the middle of the night, early in the morning, praying. I felt mm-hmm. closer to God then than I had in like ages, <laughs> like mm-hmm. a long right. time. Yeah. And so then I was just like, you know what? Maybe I need to rethink this. Maybe I need to kind of deconstruct things. So what I did with everything that I taught, I went through it. And I was like, God, show me if this is what I should be doing. Show me if this is the right thing to do. And I did that with tithing, everything. I asked God specifically, show me what I need to do. Then I did my own research and I looked it up. And I was surprised at what I found. I found a lot of things I had been taught that I had to do were not really things that I had to do. And I realized it's about having a relationship with God. And it's like, Mm -hmm. as I read, I saw that even the people in the Bible, they had relationships with God. That's Mm -hmm. what they had. Like all the religions we have now, if we want to say this is the right religion and the only religion, then even Jesus wouldn't qualify because that wasn't his religion. <laughs> like yeah. we saying yeah. that these religions are what we have to do, but even God wouldn't be able to get into his own heaven because he's not part of these religions. Like it just didn't make sense. So mm-hmm. I just realized it's about a relationship with God. It's about getting to know God. It's not about not doing things because you'll go to hell. Like it's about not doing things because you love God. And if you and God are close, he wouldn't do this. It wouldn't make him happy. So you're not going to do this. I just see it now as a friendship. You know, even with your spouse, it's like, you're not going to just go and do something that you know they don't like or does not make them happy if you love them. So it's more about love than rules. And the funny thing is, if you love God, then you will follow rules. But it's not like you're doing the rules because you're afraid of going to hell. It's just a Amen. whole different thing. And it's more sustainable yes. because you do things out of love. And when you do things out of love, it's easier to do. When you do things out of fear, when you're terrified and there's resentment and there's a whole bunch of stuff. So I tell everyone, I'm just like, I don't really do religion. I mm-hmm. believe it's about a relationship with God. And I do things because I love God. So mm-hmm. if someone gets on my nerves, I'm not going to go curse them out and say all kind of stuff. Because I'm afraid of what people would think, say, it's because I love God and God wouldn't do that. And if I'm here representing him and we're supposed to be buddies and stuff, I can't go out like that. <laughs> you know, so right. it's just different how you approach things. And it's just easier to do something. If you're like, you know what, God, you're like, I know this is what I want to do. Please help me not to do it. So then it takes the pressure off of me saying, oh, this is wrong. I'm not going to do this. Mm-hmm. I just be honest and tell God, I'm going to do such and such and such. But I need you to help me not to do this. And that works out better because it's no longer on me. It's on him. (laughs) Like, help me not to do this. I cannot do this on my own and just let him handle it. So that is where I am. That's where I have been for a while. And I have to say, I like it a lot better. I feel closer to God and I'm no longer stressed with so many rules and regulations. 
And in the religion mm-hmm. I was in, it was like, even if you followed all the rules, there was still a chance you didn't go to heaven because it's something you could have read, but didn't read. And that's mm-hmm. just too much pressure. Like, mm-hmm. how can you know to read something? How should you know? Oh, I got to read this to go to heaven, but you didn't read it. But you didn't know you had to read it in order to go. It was just too much. Right. So right. I'm like, God's not yeah. that complicated. He is not trying to trick us. <laughs> it's straightforward in the Bible. Okay, love mm-hmm. me. Follow me. Even in the New Testament, he just said, love him, love God, love people, pretty much. Keep his commandments. And yeah. that's just how that works. Yeah. I, I, yeah. You're, you're, I feel like you're much further along in your journey than me. And so, but I can relate to everything. You're articulating it so well. And I appreciate that because I'm, I'm right there alongside you and feeling the exact same way, just a, you know, very similar path journey, just in, in learning that it's a full on relationship with, yeah. with God and Jesus. Like, I just feel, I just feel this overwhelming sense of just peace knowing that, I'm a, I'm his daughter. You're his daughter. Like we are, we are okay. And yeah, yeah. It, it's when we know that you just have that inner just stillness. And, you know, I know from, you know, we're all, I'm, I'm, I'm a huge sinner. I, I, so when you're talking and yes, asking for God not to do things, I'm really trying to work in the sense that, you know, when I do mess up and I am the one that's yelling and saying things I shouldn't be saying, trying to at least acknowledge it quicker because it's like when you start to know, and I think as we're grow- growing on that spiritual journey, we know, like we hear the voice, we hear God much. It, it, we, we know when we're hearing him tell us like, you messed up. You need to, you need to make this right. Like they have to me sometimes. It's like, I know I shouldn't do it. Yeah. Like, God, I don't want to do that to say or do it. And then I'm just like, God, I'm really sorry. Like, I really messed that up. Please help mm-hmm. me to be better. And how can I fix this? You know, it's just easier, but I'm not afraid that I'm going to go to hell because I did that. I'm not yeah. down on myself because I did that, because I understand that mm-hmm. I make mistakes. I'm human, but God is able to help me. He's able to deliver mm-hmm. me from all my mistakes. It's not like I'm not trying to do it because of course I don't want to do it, but I recognize I'm human. And if I could do this right. by myself, then I wouldn't need God. <laughs> so yeah. there's yeah. no way I'm going to do this by myself. But when you mess up, yeah. it's, we can pray about it. And it even says in the Bible that it, I think it's like a righteous man falls seven times and gets back up. So it's like, if someone like David and God said he's the apple of his eye and he, he had a heart for God. If someone mm-hmm. like him, if God can love someone like David and like a lot of people I see in the Bible, then he can absolutely love us. Like they made mm-hmm. mistakes, probably a lot worse than what we're doing now, but God still mm-hmm. forgave them and he loved them and he didn't hold it against them. And I think that's what we need to look at instead of trying to try to be perfect. We need to accept right. we're not, we're not right. perfect. We're never going to reach that standard, but we have a God who can help us and can be with us. And even in our mess ups and our sins, he can still mm-hmm. get us through. And I think yeah. we need to just accept his help because I don't think we do so many times because we're doing it ourselves, but we should accept God's mm-hmm. help to do yeah. these things. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. There, oh gosh, I've got so many more questions around this. <laughs> <laughs> have you watched The Chosen? I have not had a chance to watch it. You that haven't yet. watched it yet? Okay. But I do it's- plan on watching it. My kids, they have this thing where they want to vote for everyone to watch the same movie and everybody has to like it. And I'm one of those yeah. people like, why don't we just take turns? You know, you watch yeah. one thing. There's a whole bunch of girls, you know, they're teenagers. Y'all are not going to agree. So we're trying to agree on a Christian movie to watch and we just haven't gotten there okay. yet. Yeah. It's a series. So you'll have to, yeah. But yeah, we, you know, even just to start watching it, 
in the evenings. Yeah. It took me a while. I started a few years ago. My parents were watching mm-hmm. it and I wasn't, I just wasn't into it at that time. And then just in the last, I was probably like last, I don't know, maybe Christmas time this winter, I watched it and I was just mesmerized. Wow. Yeah. I mean, just to like put a visual to it, just to hear the story, you know, just to watch Jesus, you know, in the mm-hmm. show and seeing the disciples and just learning just more about them. And it, it, it was good. I know there's a new season coming out, but. Well, I'm going to have to watch I, that then. You're going to, yeah, you'll have to check it out. It's, it's, it's done really well too. So. Okay. Yeah. Um, okay. I know I'm kind of getting off, off subject, but that's all amazing, amazing stuff. And last question just about that. I mean, just what's your practice daily? Like with that, how do you incorporate God in your daily? Do you read the Bible every day? You journal every day. What's kind of your practice to kind of staying, staying close to God? What I do is like, I try to get up at four o'clock every morning. Wow. And I do this because I have a daughter who I call her a mama's girl. So even though she's 13, she's the baby. So she knows or hear me get up. She'll always come. So my whole goal is to try to beat her up yeah. so that I can have my prayer, have devotion, you know, read the Bible and everything like that. Because if she gets up and she wants to talk, and I'm just like, Dawson, it's like 4.30, go to sleep. Yeah. So that's why I get up so early. It's just quiet. So I get up yeah. early. I try to read the Bible. I have devotion. I, you know, I pray about everything that's on my mind. Then I read the Bible, asking God questions and asking for clarification about things. Because sometimes I find I used to just read the Bible just out of obligation. I just read it. But I'm mm-hmm. finding now that I switched the version that I read. I, I do mm-hmm. the NLT. So okay. I read it. But I love it because it's almost like a story. It's almost like I get it now. There have mm-hmm. been so many things that I read, so many stories that I have heard mm-hmm. all my life. But once I read it from that version... It made some, it just, a light bulb just went out. I was like, oh, this is why. Okay. Like, for example, I was reading Samson the other day. He was talking about how his hair was cut and, you know, he wasn't strong anymore. But in that version, it said his hair was cut, God left him. And I had always missed that part. You know, I'm always oh, thinking about yeah. it associated with the hair, even though I knew, you know, yeah. God was there and it was because of God that he had strength. But to actually read that, that's why he lost his strength. Not because his hair was cut off. Because mm-hmm. I believe that God could have still let him have strength, even if he didn't have hair. But it's because mm-hmm. God left him because of the things that he did. And then I was like, oh, okay. But then I also like near the end where God came back to him. So it wasn't something where God was like, I'm done with you. You just messed up. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. I'm done. It was mm-hmm. more like, okay, God just stepped back for a minute. He saw he could not handle this on his own. Then God's like, I'm here. You know, do you need help? Right. You know? And I see it like that, but I love that version. So I do okay. read the Bible in the morning. Yeah. I, I don't know if I journal or not. Like I've tried journaling and I think I do sometimes. But what I do a lot of times is write down my prayer requests because so many mm. times mm-hmm. I can forget what I'm praying about. And especially that early in the morning, my mind's just going around in circles. And I found myself praying the same thing over and over. So what I do is, I make an effort to write down my prayer request every morning yeah. and then I pray about it. If there's someone I want to add, then I write that down and pray about it. And then when God answers my prayer, I put thank you beside it and mm-hmm. move on to the next one so that I'll remember, you know, like when I'm going through my list, like, well, you know, God answered this one. Cause sometimes we get discouraged that things aren't going our way mm-hmm. or things aren't happening mm-hmm. or we're in certain situations. But I find for me, it's encouraging to go back to my prayer list 
and mm-hmm. look at the ones where God answered it. Cause I have a thank you beside it. And like, well, you know, mm-hmm. if God answered this one, then of course it can handle this situation. Or if he did that, you know, mm-hmm. it's just good to encourage yourself and remind yourself about what God did in the past so that you know that no matter what happens, God has it. And if he worked on that situation, which may have been hard at that time, mm-hmm. he can definitely fix this one because it's not too hard for him. Yeah. 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 So good. You're going to have to come back. <laughs> I do that. I do a journal. I have a prayer box. And years ago, I used to just even use my glove box. Like I would write down prayer requests when I'd be like super anxious and I couldn't get something out of my head. I write it down and like toss it. I went through my little prayer box recently. And one of my kids, whenever I was pregnant, we had an ultrasound and we didn't know the doctor couldn't see her hand and was like, we don't know if she'll have a hand. Not that it would have been the end of the world, but I was like, oh my gosh, what if she doesn't have a hand? Like, what am I going to do? I need, I need to be prepared. I need to learn what I have to do if my kid doesn't have a hand. But like, I, I totally forgot about it. You know, within like reading through that, she was born, she had two hands, but just forget little things. But anyways, very, very good. Oh, and I was going to tell you, the message is the version I've been reading out of right now. I don't know if you've ever, that- have you read the message or, or yeah. I have, and I like that. I like the message too. It's one of those yeah. things where, for me, I was taught as a kid that we had to read King James Version. It's the only right one. There was no mm-hmm. other version that was right, which is not true. I think we should read the version that speaks to us because we're yeah. different people. Yeah. We understand things differently. So I don't think it's fair to say you have to read one version. Like, read what works for you. Yeah. So that you, because God just wants you to understand Him mm-hmm. and have a relationship with Him. So if He talks to you through the message, then read that. Talk to you right. in NIV, do that. NLT, it's just like whatever, however God speaks to you, read right. that. Yeah. I think it all works. It's all saying the same thing. And the message, I think, is the same in all these different versions. But we just have to read something that applies mm-hmm. to us and something that resonates with us so we can actually have that relationship with God. Yeah. Yeah. So, so good. So true. <laughs> So, so good. Okay. So talking about relationships, now we're going to go back full circle, back to relationships with our spouses. I know you've got some, something coming up that you want to share about. And um, yeah, I'm going to let you dive in and tell us, tell, tell me specifically, I know you specialize in relationships, but what do you have going on and how do you help couples? Okay. Well, what I do is I work with women who have low self-esteem or women who have kind of forgotten who they are to help them work on themselves and improve their marriage. Because the whole thing is, I just did a podcast about this recently. It's like, you could wait for your spouse to change and they might change, but most people don't change unless there's a reason for them to change or they see that they need to change or they want to change. And your spouse may not be there yet. So unless you want to stay in in a marriage that you're not happy, you're not content, things are just going to get worse because nobody's doing anything differently, then wait for them to change. But if not, then you have to move and you have to be the one to change. Mm -hmm. And most of the time, and I'm not saying all the time because it's not true, men also see problems. But I just think from my experience, women kind of see the problem a little bit sooner, a little bit faster. (laughs) You know, they see things are not working out a little bit quicker. Yeah. And so I just think when you start to see things are not working out, you're not happy. This is not what you want to do in the next 15 or 20 years. Then that's your cue to start working now to change your marriage and to make things better. And one of the ways to make things better is to better yourself. Mm -hmm. And the reason I say this is because if you are happy, you're going to respond to things differently. Your spouse can be doing the same old stuff, but it won't affect you the same because you're in a great place. You're happy. You're doing your hobbies and your goals. You have a purpose. So when we are good, 
then it helps our marriage get better by default because half the problem is us, you know, we're right. half of our problem. So right. instead of having a problem that's full 100%, we cut it down to 50 when we work on ourselves. So that is what I tell everyone. <laughs> work on yourself. Make sure you're happy physically. And when I say happy physically, like make sure you're just healthy. Like if you are, because I know when I exercise, I feel happy about myself. I feel more confident. I was like, oh, I just came from the gym. I'm going to go do some work. I feel yeah, motivated. Same. Instead same. of when I'm just at the house, laying around, watching TV, snacking, and be telling myself, Kiana, you should definitely go on a diet. You shouldn't do this. I mean, <laughs> you just feel different about yourself. So if you take the step to go to the gym or walk or eat healthy or do something that makes you feel healthy then that helps how you look at yourself. It gives you more confidence. When Mm -hmm. you feel like you are controlling yourself emotionally and you can handle problems and deal with different things, once again, it helps your self-esteem and you have more confidence that you can make right decisions. When you Mm -hmm. have hobbies and you're doing things that you enjoy to do and you have some purpose, then you're not looking at your spouse so much to fulfill you because you're fulfilling yourself. And when you have that relationship with God or for people who don't believe in God, if you have time when you can meditate or do yoga and have peace of mind, clarity, quiet, then you also are in a better place. So when all of these things working together, then you're in a better place. Your spouse, most of the time, sees this. And it's just like, I wonder what's going on with her. I wonder what's going on with him. You know, right. Why are they acting this way? Why are they right. doing something different? And it changes the dynamics of your marriage. Not because they stop what they're doing. You just stop responding the way you did. You're happy with yourself. Because when we're happy with ourselves, it bleeds into every single thing that we do. You can always tell someone who is happy with themselves versus someone who is not. So it's all about learning to be happy with who you are. Love yourself. Mm-hmm. Take care of yourself. You know, Spend time with yourself. Know who you are. Understand why you may react a certain way. Because sometimes things that have happened in childhood triggers mm-hmm. you and you don't realize it. So if your husband does something that mm-hmm. was either said or remind you of something that happened when you were a kid or in the past, then yeah, your reaction may be over the top. Or mm-hmm. you may not understand why you got so angry at this one thing. So I just think it's about knowing yourself and being a psychology major and having a master's in counseling. I do mm-hmm. think that when we are able to understand ourselves emotionally and why we're reacting the way we do, then it's easier to react in a different way because then you have to learn coping skills and what we need to do to change that behavior. And so that is what. I talk about, that's what I teach, I preach. Like, that's yeah. what I totally yeah. believe. And so what I have coming up is a three-day marriage boot camp. And in these three days, we're going to be talking about some things that may trigger you. Like, why do you react the way you do? We're going to learn to understand our triggers. Mm-hmm. We're going to learn to take care of ourselves. And we're going to learn how to respond in a way that is not defensive, criticizing anyone or anything like that. So it's pretty mm-hmm. much a three-day weekend. It's all about you. We, we're barely going to even mention your spouse. Like, <laughs> we don't care what they're doing. <laughs> we need to fix ourselves. Yeah, and, yeah. And that's what the whole three-day marriage boot camp is about. And so the whole so fee is like, registration fee is $97. But I do have an early bird special until the 14th. I may extend it until next week, where if you sign up and register immediately, then you get... It's only $47, but it's just one of those things where I just want you to be able to walk away from this three-day weekend. And even if you don't join my other program, you can still use what you learn here to get you mm-hmm. somewhere to improve your marriage. It's all about improvement. It yeah. is. Yeah. So, so true. So good. 
Yes. Yes. All yes to all of that. Yeah. And you're, you can, you're totally right. You can totally tell when somebody is very happy and content with mm-hmm. their, with themselves. And when you are in a, in a marriage or a serious relationship, yeah. I mean, you, the, we have to take care of ourselves when we are taking care of ourselves. We cannot show up, we can't show up for other people. So, so good. So true. I cannot thank you enough. I want to wrap things up. I, and I know I'm going to have all of these links in the show notes so they can go and find you. Um, and I'll put your website in there, all, all that fun stuff. So anybody that's listening and wants to work with Kiana, make sure you check out the show notes and look at everything that she has. Um, before I let you go, because this has just been incredible. I've loved every second of this. I want to, I want to wrap up with my last question is what advice would you give to a new mom that may be listening right now? She's pregnant. She's really just unsure what this next chapter of her life's going to look like. What would be, what's the one thing you would want to tell her? The first thing I would want to tell her is like, don't stress it. Like you will be fine. I know we read a lot of things. We hear a lot of things, but at that age, as long as you love your kids, mm-hmm. I think that's what matters. Give them love because we're going to make mistakes. Just accept you're not going to know something. And as long as your kids are healthy, they're well, they're thriving and happy. That's all we need to do. That's all mm-hmm. you need to know. Don't worry about everything else. It'll come. You learn as you go along because this is new for you. You're going to learn all of this. It's going to happen. Just give yourself time and give yourself grace if you make a mistake. (laughs) It's going to be okay. So I say give yourself time and grace and just love your children. Enjoy them while they're little because they do get older and they start talking. So have fun while they're young. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so good. Great advice all around. This has been a true, true pleasure. I cannot thank you enough for coming here on the Unplanned Mom School podcast. And again, I hope you'll keep us in mind. I'd love, love to have you come back because there's so many things now we could just talk about. So, all right. I will, I'm going to sign off. But uh, again, all the links are in the show notes. And thank you again so much, Kiana, for coming on today. You are welcome. And thank you for having me. Of course. Are you feeling inspired, ready to prepare yourself for 2023? Then, if so, jump over to unplannedmomschool.com right now and do it while it's fresh in your mind. I've got the goals and gratitude workbook that's over there, a step-by-step guide for making difficult decisions and really helping you to create your action plan that's going to help you make an impact and ultimately give you that peace of mind that you are looking for. So be sure to go over there, grab that guide. It's on the homepage. You just scroll down. It's number three in the options. Click I want this resource under gratitude and goals and it'll be delivered straight into your inbox. And as always, thank you so much for listening. This has been just an incredible year and I wouldn't even be here right now if it wasn't for you and for your listening and your sharing. So I just wish you all the best as 2022 wraps up and look forward to seeing you again in 2023. Okay, my sweet mamas, if you're tuning in and I've got a friend's name that just keeps bubbling up at the top of your head as you've been listening to this episode, go ahead. I want you to grab that link, copy and paste it and shoot them a quick text and just tell them that you are thinking of them. You know, after all, we're all here to help each other. And if this episode resonated with you, there's a pretty good chance that something in it will resonate with them as well. This show is for you. So do me a solid, go ahead, share it with that one person that comes to mind so we can spread the love to all of our sisters. And if you really, really loved it, it would mean the world to me if you would leave a review. All right. Thank you, my sweet friends. Thanks so much for tuning in. I will see you all next week. And if you need any more inspiration between now and then, come on over and check us out on TikTok. See you soon.